Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, Cove Church. I know I am not the face that you are used to seeing on Sunday mornings or one of the faces you're used to seeing, but I am excited to tell you that I do share some spiritual DNA with a couple of your pastors. I guess you can call it that, spiritual DNA. So Paula and Aaron Sutherland were actually my youth pastors when I was between the ages of about 11 and 14 years old. So that means I can tell you all kinds of super embarrassing stories about, for instance, Aaron teaching the youth group when to flush the toilet and when not to flush the toilet, teaching me some basic breakdancing moves in some substandard fashion. Um, Also some incredible stories in all seriousness actually, where both Paula and Aaron spoke words of life into me, words of encouragement, prophetic words that are still honestly shaping who I am today. So that being said, you are so blessed to have the team of pastors here that you do have. And I am super honored to get to come alongside them today and be a guest speaker this morning. So this morning, we're gonna be talking about the idea of real rest, real rest. And we're gonna talk about what that even means. What does the Bible describe real rest as? And why is it so important? Before we dive into that, I'm actually gonna be reading to you from my favorite passage on rest in the Bible. It's from Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the message version. And before I begin reading, I'm gonna ask that you do whatever you need to do to really settle in and focus on the words of Jesus in this passage. Maybe that means that you just need to set aside your phone for a moment. Maybe it means that you'll actually close your eyes and just take in the words into your body, your soul, your spirit but do what you need to do to really hear the words of Jesus. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Even just as I was reading through that just now, I've read it a lot of times, but every time it helps me breathe more deeply, it helps me settle in my spirit. The words of Jesus promise us real rest, not like a 20 minute power nap, but real bone deep, soul deep, spirit nourishing rest. The kind of rest that I think we all need after the last couple years that we've lived through. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted after the last two years, after the craziness, after the disunity, after the pandemic, after the fear, I'm exhausted. And maybe some of you this morning would say, my life was exhausting before the pandemic even hit or This morning, I'm just exhausted because my kids have been home with me all summer and I'm ready for school to begin. I'm with you there. 
But whatever the reason is, we can all identify with seasons of exhaustion, seasons where we're craving that real rest that Jesus promises. And I have to confess to you, I'm really bad at resting. I'm awful at it. My husband would attest to it because he is great at resting. He's actually a champion napper. Napping is probably one of his best spiritual gifts. And he's tried to teach me how to do it many times, but I fail. I just lay there when I'm supposed to be sleeping and my muscles start to twitch and my brain goes haywire, thinking about all the things, not just that I need to do, but things I wanna do, things I'm missing out on by just laying there. But the truth is, the thing I've had to learn the hard way is that when I fail to take intentional times of rest, I become quickly burnt out. I become short and angry with the people who rightfully deserve my time and attention, like my family. I become depleted because we were made for rhythms of rest. So why am I talking about rest when I'm clearly so bad at it? Good question. The truth is that Jesus, who created rest, he's had to teach me and tutor me in the ways of rest and teach me why it's valuable. And this morning, it's my honor to get to teach you what the best teacher has taught me. So we're gonna be asking one main question this morning. That question is, what is real biblical rest and why is it so important? So first, what is real biblical rest? Rest is all over the Bible. It's in there from Genesis chapter one, when God spends six busy days creating the world and everything in it. And then on the seventh day, he finally takes time to rest. He creates a day of rest called Sabbath. Now we're used to seeing that rhythm, that rhythm that God followed of working first and then resting afterward. But what I noticed when I read this passage most recently is that that's not the pattern that God initially created for men and women. So God created humans on the sixth day of creation. Then the very next day, the seventh day, was the first day of rest. So if you think about it, our first day of breathing the air was a day of rest. We never had to earn that rest. It was given to us as a free gift, a way of God showing us, hey, this comes first. This is important. Don't forget this, put it first. So this teaches me, me who is so bad at resting that I've gotta put it first. I can't keep pushing it off. Rest is supposed to be primary. It comes first. So as you continue through on throughout the Bible into Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it becomes really established in Jewish culture that this day of Sabbath is a ritual. It's required by law even. And it's considered holy, not just by the Israelite people, but by God himself. So I'm gonna read you a couple scriptures that capture that idea. Exodus 20, Verse eight says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That was God speaking to his people, reminding them this day is holy. Also in Ezekiel 20, verse 20, it says, keep my Sabbaths as holy rest days, 
signposts between me and you, signaling that I am God, your God. That word Sabbath, it actually just means holy rest day. So that idea of holiness, of being something sacred and set apart that's not supposed to be messed with or forgotten, that idea that Sabbath is holy is there from the beginning. God calls rest holy. So rest is primary, rest is holy, but that doesn't mean we always like to do it. Some of us are so bad at it, myself included, that we don't ever do it unless we're forced to. So I wanna just take a little survey. You in your homes, as you're watching this, I want you to think about, have you ever had a moment where you have been, or a season, where you've been minding your own business, living life as usual, when you're hit by something unexpected, maybe a crisis, maybe a sickness, something that stops you in your tracks and forces you to rest. Maybe something like a pandemic, something that shuts everything down, something that gives you no, no choice but to pause, take a breath, take stock of your life, and just rest. We could all raise our hands. The year 2020 slapped us in the face with no choice but to pause. We couldn't go to restaurants. We couldn't go to work a lot of times. We couldn't go to school. We couldn't send our kids to school. There was nothing for them to do except stay home. Nothing for any of us to do but stay home and rest. So this idea of forced rest, it happens, but we don't always like it. In fact, during the pandemic, most of us hated it and couldn't wait for it to be over. But this idea that sometimes rest has to be forced on us for our own, sometimes for our own good, is also in the Bible. So I'm going to read two scriptures, one of which is probably very familiar to you, that captures this idea of forced rest. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. That's from Ezekiel 34, 15. God says, I will make them lie down. This next one's the one that's gonna sound familiar. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. There's no choice given there. He makes us lie down, capturing the utmost importance. If God's gonna make you do something, it's important. Now this calls to my mind a memory of when my oldest son, Asher, He's 12 now, but in this memory of mine, he was only two, and he, like his mom, hated taking naps. So the only way I could get this boy to lay down was if I laid down next to him in bed, and I had to stay there because every few minutes he would sit his little body up, and I would gently place my hand on his chest and lay him back down. This would happen over and over. Every two minutes, he'd sit up, I'd lay him back down, sit up, lay him back down, sit up, lay him back down. Gradually, it was a lot less gentle. It was a lot less motherly. It was a lot less patient. It was a lot more frustrated. I was a rookie mom doing the best that I could. But even as a rookie mom, I knew when my kid needed to rest. Parents know when their kids need rest. And sometimes they have to make their kids nap. They have to make their kids rest. 
Sometimes God has to make us lie down for our own good. So what is biblical rest? We could talk for hours about what it is, but these three points about how rest is primary, rest is holy, rest is sometimes forced, these are ideas that have helped me understand it's important. More than anything, rest is crucial for our souls. But that leads me to the second part of my question, why? Why is rest so important for us? That's what we're going to try to answer next. So again, there are so many reasons, I think, why it's important. But there are three particular reasons why the Lord has shown me that it's important for us this morning. The first one, rest strips us of our accomplishments so that we can be loved simply for who we are. I love to watch my kids sleep. Now, this could seem a little creepy, but I love to watch them sleep for a specific reason. And that reason is not actually just because they've been driving me crazy and they're finally still. It's actually because in sleep, we, we aren't doing anything. We aren't performing for anyone. We aren't doing anything special. We're just existing in the purity of just our who we are. Now, I think anybody who really loves you at the core would enjoy watching you sleep because you're just being you. You're just existing. You're not proving anything to anybody or doing anything to earn that love. So the question this morning is, who loves you that way? Who loves you so much that they would watch you sleep and just be in awe of your existence? God does. That's also in scripture. Psalm 42, eight says, then God promises to love me all day, sing songs to me all through the night. Psalm 3, five says, so now I'll lay down and sleep like a baby. Then I'll awaken safety, for you surround me with your glory. God loves you so much that he surrounds you, he protects you, he sings over you while you're sleeping. In fact, if we go back to that Genesis creation story, on day six when God created humankind, he looked at us before we'd ever done anything special, before we'd ever done anything at all. And he said, wow, what I've made here is very good. He was in awe of you just because you existed. He called you very good before you'd ever done anything to earn that. It's hard for us to grasp especially as people from a super productive Western culture, we're used to doing stuff to prove that we're worthy, to prove that we're lovable. But with God, all bets are off. You're just loved. You just get to be loved. In fact, I've heard it said that we aren't called God's do loved. We are called God's be loved because we get to just be and be loved. We don't have to do in order to be loved. We get to be loved. Rest reconnects us with our true identity as ones who can simply be loved. Reason number two, 
why rest is so important. Rest strips us of the noise in our lives so that we can hear God better. We're used to being busy, but when we stop and when the noise of all of our good and bad deeds are gone, we can hear God best. So there was a season in my life where I actually had to undergo back surgery because guess what? Having three kids in two and a half years is not great for your spine. And I found that out the hard way. So it took about a year of recovery for me to be back to my normal self. And a lot of that year was spent in bed. I couldn't contribute the way I normally was used to contributing. And it was really hard for me. Yet, when I look back at my journals from that season, they are rich and full of words from the Lord, things He was speaking to my heart, worship songs that were speaking to me, scriptures that were speaking to me, direct words from Him. It was a rich and incredible time. It was a hard time, but it was a silent time where all the noise from my life had been muted so I could hear the voice of the Lord in a unique way. I am not unique in the ability to hear God during seasons of rest or even the ability to hear God in bed. There are many people in the Bible who heard God while they were literally in their beds. One that comes to mind first is Samuel. Samuel, as a 12-year-old boy, heard God when he was in bed near the Ark of the Lord in the tabernacle. The Lord called his name and he heard because there was no distractions. Elijah, the prophet, also heard God when he was sleeping in a cave. The Lord called out to him and asked him, what are you doing here? And he was able to hear. In addition to these two, many people heard God in dreams in the Bible. A short list of those people, Jacob, Joseph, Pharaoh, Solomon, Nebuchadnezzar, Zechariah, Paul, Daniel, Joseph, the father of Jesus, and Pilate's wife. When we are at rest, God has our attention most fully, and he can speak clearly. Rest strips us of all competing noise so that we can hear God better. Third reason, and this is my final reason for this morning, of why rest is so important for our souls. Rest strips us of our business so that we can remember God's business. Ezekiel 20, verses 11 and 12. This is God speaking again to his people. He said, I gave them my weekly holy rest days to show them that I, God, am in the business of making them holy. God is in the business of making you and I holy. So when we're really resting, we have to put our business aside because busyness and rest can't really coexist. So when we do that, when we really rest, we're able to encounter this truth that God's business is making us holy. It's not anything that we did that day. It's not anything really great that we accomplished. It's not that we were awesome parents that day or that we helped that lady across the street. None of that made us holy. God's business is making us holy. So that word holy in my past has tended to dredge up anxiety because I realize 
I can never be that. I can never be sinless or stainless. I can never produce holiness in my life. I always keep sinning the same ways over and over again. And yet, this scripture paints a different kind of picture of holiness. It paints a picture of a God who makes it his business to create that holiness inside of us. And how did he do it? Well, there's only ever been one sinless, stainless person to walk the earth. His name was Jesus, and he made it his business to stand in our place, take on our sin, and make us holy by dying for us. The thing that gets me is not just that he did this crazy thing, but that he did it willingly and joyfully, not out of obligation, but out of complete and utter love for us. He came, he lived perfectly, then he died perfectly, becoming our door into perfect rest. And that's really the key that I hope all of us walk away with today, is that Jesus, just like that rest at the beginning of time, that first Sabbath day, Jesus is a free gift, something we never have to earn. He is in himself perfect rest. He's really the ultimate fruition of Sabbath. He's the Sabbath for our souls. He's something we could never, ever earn, so we have to stop trying, which is hard for those of us who are task-oriented and who like to earn our way and get gold stars. We can't earn him. We have no choice but to accept a perfect, free gift. Jesus is the door into perfect rest. We are going to pray together this morning. But before I pray over, over all of us, I, I want to ask you to ask yourself a couple of questions and just self-reflect on this idea and what we've talked about this morning. First, I just want you to ask yourself, have I really been prioritizing rest in my life the way that God intended me to? And if not, why not? I want you to think about what are some of the lies and the fears that continually derail you from being in a place of rest. Maybe it's this idea that, maybe you just can't shake that idea that you have to earn it. Maybe you feel like you are not enough, and so you're continually trying to prove you're enough and earn that love that's supposed to be free. Or maybe it's another idea. Maybe you have this idea that, or this fear that you're not gonna have enough. You're terrified of not having enough, enough money, enough resources, enough relationships. So you're constantly trying to earn and work, work yourself to the bone in order to avoid this lack that you're afraid of. Finally, maybe it's just that you've never fully accepted Jesus, that door into perfect rest, into your life at all. If you haven't accepted Him, and you can't access that rest that your soul needs so much. So I'm just gonna pray. I'm gonna cover each of these three things. And if you hear something as I pray that resonates in your spirit, I just ask that you would agree with me in prayer. 
because God hears even just the desires of your heart this morning. He's gonna hear those prayers, whether they're out loud or in your heart, and He's gonna respond. He's gonna give each of us rest this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you are rest itself. You are the source and the origin of the rest that our soul needs. And Father, in, for those of us who are stuck in a lie that we are not enough, God, those of us who are working and trying so hard to earn approval and love, give us the grace to breathe easy. Implant in our spirits the truth that because of you, we are enough. Thank you for looking on us and seeing something beautiful, something very good. And Father, for those of us who believe this lie that we don't have enough, who are terrified of not having enough, restore in us the truth that you are the good shepherd, that we have all that we need. You are the perfect provider. You've promised to take care of us and we can rest in that trust in you. Finally, Lord, for those of us who have not yet accepted you as our savior and our door into that perfect rest, open our hearts and make us willing to accept this impossible gift. In you is life, joy, peace. We ask you, Jesus, to come into our lives and we thank you for taking responsibility for our mistakes and for paying our way into a life with you. God, we love you. Jesus, you're incredible. Amen. As you guys leave this week and as you enter into your daily tasks, I pray that you will remember that rest is a free gift and that Jesus is your door into that perfect rest. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.